0: You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104.
3: It's Cormac and Sersha here on Room 104. Still to come uh, shortly, you'll be hearing from a man who spent nine years in prison. He was illegally importing drugs from Pakistan, from Karachi, and uh, it was all going great for like a year or two, and then it all came crashing down. As generally, these things do, Chet Sandu, who's going to be on shortly here on
2: Room 104.
3: Did you watch the Eurovision?
2: I didn't. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch any of it. Uh, zero interest.
3: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned zero interest because our neighbours, the United Kingdom, for the first for the second time in their history, I think, the same in 2003, did not score any points at all. Zero,
2: which is hard to get.
3: Oh, it's imp- and it's harder than the last time. Right, this was their song, by the way. Uh, it's not a bad song, but.
2: the tots it sounds a bit karaoke see
3: I was just gonna say that. it sounds like good karaoke it
2: does actually I wouldn't say good though <laughs> it sounds like the male equivalent of me doing karaoke it's
3: not that bad station no, come on it's- anyway uh, for it's a bit, a bit of crack the lads they took the piss with it anyway you might have seen on uh, on what was the final on Saturday? Anyway, the UK got zero points. Now you said it's very difficult to get the way the voting worked this year. I'm not sure if this has been for the last while. There is the judges' vote from all the countries, but there's also the public vote. Yeah. So the public, all of the millions of people that are watching, gave the UK zero, nothing. No one that voted a first, for them. Was it? That must be a first that the public didn't vote. Didn't vote any any votes at all for the United Kingdom. We got a massive zero.
2: Well, he'll be remembered for that now
3: and it probably is better off to like, does anyone who wins okay in, in recent times anyone who wins the Eurovision go on to do anything meaningful or successful
2: no like this is more successful now than the winner because
3: yeah we're talking about this that, and yeah, not the other one the
2: country that got zero
3: do you know what this would make a really good if uh, David Getter or someone came along with a Whopper Calvin oh, Harris yeah, gets a Whopper Calvin dance Harris, mix, yeah. club mix of this
2: actually one, yeah that one. would be good
3: it's got a good couple of hooks and it just needs to be housed up a little bit, you know?
2: Yeah. If, I Al, mean, if
3: Al Gibbs is listening, you might be able to do something with this, Al.
2: Oh, Al could definitely do something with this, yeah.
3: I'd probably say Bernie put it in the bin. Yeah, I know, I know, I know.
2: It's not the worst.
3: It's just grand. It's not the worst. It's There's nothing too exciting or too crazy about it. Uh, the Iceland song was really good in Framaria. Yeah, I didn't hear it. Uh, Italy won as well. And your man, turns out, was not doing drugs. Brilliant. So if you didn't see it, there was a, a video doing the rounds of a man uh, lowering his face down to a table.
2: Now, would they have been stripped of their title?
3: Um, of winners? I'm if, sure they would have been, yeah. yeah they must have been, yeah. uh, Anyway, they, they, they did a drug test and they came out to say that, no, everything was fine. Yeah. Everything was fine. Uh, but listen, apart from singing, right... Um, what are you absolutely zero use at yourself? Like, what if somebody voted on a certain part of your life that you are absolutely the worst at? Like, where? What part of your life would you score a zero on?
2: I'd score a zero when it came to anything tech related.
3: So uh, if it was the Eurovision of tech. You would get a solid zero.
2: I'm not even joking when I say this. Hand on my heart, I can barely send an email. I don't know how I've gotten to nearly thirty three. I've uh, done a numerous different jobs. Never had to use laptop. Weirdly enough, well, I did kind of, but not really. Yeah. Uh, I I thought drama to kids before I I worked in radio, but I can barely send an email. Yeah, I don't know how to use a word doc. I I don't know how to like even get like the paragraphs. Are they even called paragraphs? What are they called? No tables. Are they called yeah. tables? I mean,
3: tables are pretty difficult. That's ECDL level three. I or failed four. my
2: ECDL in fourth year. Did you actually? I, fa- I failed it. Yeah, <laughs> I failed it, and then I just didn't repeat it. And uh, but wasn't that like?
3: I don't want to say that was easy because I know maybe for some people but like no it was so hard a like, lot of those exams really were hard. like save this word document in this folder no
2: I couldn't even do that I can't even do that like when I get sent something say if it's under the same name or similar name I will have to scroll for like a half an hour all Right. through all my files to look for that I don't know how to search I am you have a Mac it's the useless. easiest thing in the world to search on a Mac I'm so bad so I and I hate tech like, I don't want to know how to do it because I can't yeah. stand it. I hate everything about it.
3: Yeah, so seriously would get a zero on her technical knowledge. What would you get a zero on? What are you absolutely useless on? Where if there was a big competition and we were voting on what you were terrible at, what would you get a zero on? What What, what do you know ha- zero about? I mean, I, I like to say that I'm changing this, but let's call a spade a spade here. DIY or anything home repair, I would get a big fat zero.
2: Yeah. Huge. Now, in fairness, right, I would too because I haven't learned how to do it. But I think if I was taught how to do any of the stuff... I'd be fine. Like I could probably hang up a picture frame. I could probably change a light bulb if someone showed me how to do that. But tech stuff goes over my head. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you're useless. Yeah, pretty bad. With DIY. Yeah. So it's, very, it's very unattractive. Sorry, so masculine, isn't it? Yeah, it really it's just is like, so bad. Yeah. Ah, uh, I'll make the tea. Like you should be ashamed. I know it's awful. My brothers are the same. That's why I think I love it so much. My two brothers uh, can't do anything. My dad is useless as well when it comes to DIY. And I, I just feel that everyone should do a trade after school. Yep. And uh, I did. I did metal work, and I find that really attractive. A guy that I did metal work in
3: engineering. I just don't know. I never translated across. How it did you do
2: metal work in engineering, yep. and you don't know how to hang up a picture?
3: I know how to like uh, powder coat. Uh, Fire poker, just don't have a fire, a powder coat machine at home. I don't
2: know what that means.
3: Nor do I. Nor do I. But yeah, the UK got zero on their singing. Seriously, we get zero on our tech. I would get a flat zero on my DIY abilities.
2: Yeah, what? If you're listening, would you get zero on? Or maybe you're still in school Mm, and you are really bad at maths. Like I'm really bad at maths as well. Or English? Maybe you're just really bad at English. Or
3: I'm terrible at languages as well. Yeah, horrific.
2: Yeah, I never really had a strong point in school. You know, they were like, what are you good at? I was like, not actually anything. Talking? Uh, Zero?
3: Zero, which isn't anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drop us in a a message. If you're voting on yourself now, your, your, your biggest weakness, what would you be marked zero on? Whether it's, you know your DIY your tech skills maybe your organisational skills maybe your motivation maybe you're the laziest person on the planet right now because you just don't care uh, let us know drop us in a message what would you get zero on what would you be voted zero on 087-67-97104 we'll read out some of your messages right after the legend of this Shane card. get out of my head it's F-104.
0: you're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long FM 104
3: remind ourselves uh, the United Kingdom scored zero points in the Eurovision over the weekend, their song Embers was grand, wasn't great and it turns out that a lot of people didn't didn't like the song, everyone didn't like the song, the judges gave them absolutely nil point and the public vote, which you would have presumed some people, like surely they were voting for themselves, can you vote for yourself? I don't think you can. Uh, maybe that was it. Anyway, no one in the rest of Europe voted for them. A lot of people said it was political voting and that it was absolute BS and maybe it was a stab from the rest of Europe to say oh you left did you well you're out on your own and it was a, a Brexit it was an anti-Brexit vote that uh they gave him a little dig saying good luck to you bye anyway apart from the, the English getting zero points on Saturday we want to know just like what what's your zero in life like what are you horrifically terrible at that if you were marked on it it would be a zero Sertia is anything tech related or using your computer mine would have to be unfortunately uh, DIY um, but what is yours like a mate of mine is terrible at telling stories or jokes you know he'd be sitting around oh, in the pub yeah. and it'd be like oh lads I have to tell you and then halfway through he's like oh what, what was it again no it was I oh, it was gas it was, uh, oh, and just loses the momentum and everyone's like just just stop just get on with it yeah. like, just tell the story or don't
2: I'd be pretty bad at telling a joke because I forget as well the punchline <laughs> um, I'm very happy to pay a real man to come and do the DIY jobs in my gaff who's <laughs> Oh, lads, come yeah. on. Listen,
3: listen, Saoirse, sometimes it takes a real man to admit where his weaknesses are and to not so play up. And not The last thing you'd need is me, who's terrible at DIY, trying to like wire something in a room or put up some shelves and use a drill. I'd destroy the whole house. I so sometimes
2: like you should know how to do that. Some,
3: but so I know how to pick up the phone and go, hey, can you come out and do this?
2: I know this sounds really bad and it's very sexist and I know there's going to be people that are going, oh, she she shut up? But I cannot stand... When a guy can't drive properly or park. If I see a guy trying or struggling to park his car.
3: But you can't park. Yeah, I know. So you can't you can judge that. No,
2: but I'm judging because it's a guy and I feel like he should be able to. I feel like because I don't have any spatial awareness that right, he yeah. should. So if I'm behind someone and they're taking ages to, to reverse into a spot, like I, I had the ick, you know, you get the mm. ick. Of, but the same goes for like if I was with someone and he had to call someone out to do a DIY job, I'd suddenly fall in love with the guy that's you know, like the electrician if, if, if or a the plumber. Said that
3: about or or a girl, like, if I said that about a girl who couldn't cook, that's very sexist.
2: That is quite sexist, yeah.
3: If I knew the girl just couldn't wash the dishes and do the... I know, uh,
2: I'm, I'm owning up to the fact that it's very sexist, but I can't change my biology. That's how I feel. Yeah. Me, personally. I I get the ick if if I was ever with someone that can't yeah. do any... Guy, I'd love to be able guy, to do quote it. Guy, quote-unquote, guy stuff.
3: We'll call it trade stuff.
2: Trade stuff, yeah, I know. I shouldn't be saying guy stuff. Um... And there's loads of girls That can do those jobs And that's brilliant by the way I'm just
3: So she just won't marry you She wants to marry a man With DIY And you. if you don't have DIY skills Yeah Good luck to you bye Yeah It was funny the, One of the most Not embarrassing things Because I can't do anything I always feel like an idiot I always feel like you know Massive imposter syndrome Around tradesmen Who know what they're doing So a few years ago When I was living back at home um, My man was getting The bathroom done up Yeah And I had uh, An interview to record for my podcast because I'm that loser right and your mum was in drilling the tiles in the bathroom so you know the big vibrating through the whole floor is like oh. and I'd go in going oh, sorry can you keep it down for the next I'm 20 minutes I have, podcast? A- <laughs> <laughs> I have a podcast guest coming on so uh, just like 20 minutes and you can go back to your whatever you're doing there and I'll do my podcast
2: yeah just oh, what a loser yeah that's just what a loser seriously <laughs> Are you not embarrassed for yourself? I am, I am, I am,
3: I am. My plan is to write, I have a whole to-do list and a, a whole separate to-do list which um, I'm calling like the man up project where you have to learn what to do, right? And on that is to learn how to do these things. I've never gone around to it because another thing is yeah, you can be a bit lazy when these now, things happen. Now, is
2: she good at DIY? No. Okay, so it's not like she'll go, I'll take over here, I'll...
3: no, 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 no. Oh. just living filled with no shelves anywhere, and think the, the the door handles of the press is falling off, and everything its like, what's going? Listen, I fixed the light in the bathroom. Do the today, I was very proud of myself. Does for she that.
2: not want you to know? It, she does. Yeah, yeah,
3: listen, you're you're.
2: I must bring up to, old I must her No, you like, must not. Just letting you know, you don't Dump have to asshole. settle. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a man
3: who <laughs> knows can what he's doing.
2: Get someone that can do DIY. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's worse, lads? Ireland came 16th out of 16 in the Eurovision semi-final. Literally last in Europe. That is just. Shame on us. Did Dustin and Jedward get further along the year they were I don't know if they're qualified.
3: I don't know if we got to the final. I don't know. Ireland came sixteen out of 16th in our Eurovision semi-final. Yeah, I know. I know. That's bad. But did the UK automatically qualify? Were they in straight away? Did they have to go through the... They mightn't have even made it through the rounds? I don't know. And did we get some... I don't even know how the votes work, but did we get some kind of votes? So at least we weren't on a zero. Uh, I would get zero for my life stories. I can uh, never win a play blue competition either. Ah, <laughs> oh, Paul. Ah, Paul. Oh, uh,
2: Layla said I would definitely get zero on homework. I never do my homework. Well, you see, you can do your homework though. That's just a cop out now. Maybe
3: you just your your zero is on your motivation. You're just lazy. Yeah, you're lazy, and yeah. you procrastinate all the time. You're just like, oh.
1: ready to pop the question.
3: For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Borough purchase at borough.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash ACAST. And whatever, don't do it. Mm. Who cares? Maybe that's it.
2: Yeah. But you're not, like, not able for it. Yeah, yeah. You are able. Yeah. You just don't want to.
3: But listen, I will I will overcome this ness and I will be back in a year and I will know how to...
2: I won't. I don't want to learn. I do not want to learn anything to do with tech.
3: I think you should do ECDL again. No, like that. I should do a DIY course and you should do an ECDL again. No, please don't. And then I can build you a laptop stand and then you can be all like. No, I don't want
2: to be good at tech. Why not? It's not Just tech. It's you,
3: you need to learn how to send an email.
2: No, I can send the email. That's it. I can do the email, but I can't do anything more. I was
3: getting uh, abusive text messages off search on Friday going, can you send me that email <laughs> you meant to send? I was like, I actually sent that to you yesterday, search so She's she like, no, you didn't. Well, you
2: see, instead of, I don't know how to search, so I scroll through all my emails. So I'm there no, for about don't. half you an hour. No, you scroll through
3: the last two and go, well, it's not there, so we didn't send it.
2: No, I have loads of emails that come in. Rubbish stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. That you want going into your junk but it doesn't because I don't know how to do that either and so I'm scrolling for ages and I'm like you didn't send it and then half an hour later you did like, but I'm sure I could find that quickly I just don't know how to
3: yeah add that to the bad eyesight and you're just I know no idea I'm an actual on. granny ah uh, sure look at least you got vaccinated so that's fun
2: who? you what?
3: but they called the over 60s there
2: oh ha! god
3: <laughs> alright uh, any other ones? Areas in your life that you're horrifically bad at? Do let us know. But on the way next, Chet Sandu must go to. He has an amazing life story. Nine years behind bars for smuggling drugs, and he decided to turn his life around when he realised he didn't want to spend another ten years inside uh, a prison cell. Chet Sandu, who's on the way next here on Room One O Four.
2: You're listening to the Room
3: One O Four Podcast
0: with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon.
2: FM One O Four.
3: It's room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. Good evening. Now, uh, what things in your life have happened to you that have maybe made you reevaluate and rethink and take stock and kind of go, this may not be the, the best thing for me to continue doing, whether it was a job that just wasn't. Doing it for you or a fear or relationship, you're like, no, just not happy. Or maybe it was uh, getting sentenced for importing drugs in from Pakistan, which our next guest did. Had an insane life, wound up in prison, and then decided to go. You know what? This is this is probably not the best idea uh, ever. Joining us now uh, is Chet
0: Sandhu. Chet, thanks a million for popping on F one o four. Okay, yes, hi, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, I'll explain all about that, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, just take us back, I guess, to uh, where it all began.
0: It all began in the mid 90s. The mid 90s, uh, everything was full flow. Okay, full flow. CCTV, no. Uh, there was no Al Qaeda back then, no bombings back then. Airports were easy, free and easy to go where you want take what you want in the 90s it was easy to do now you can't obviously yeah because there's that many checks but back then i just got that mentality to uh place i started with small amounts yeah and from Europe, Spain, Greece, Turkey, blah, blah, blah. But then the cheapest place was Karachi in Pakistan. And that's where I went. And that's where I did my big haulage because that's where the big money was.
3: Can I ask you, obviously in the 90s, as you said, security was way more lax than it is today. And, 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 and information was obviously way more lax. How did you, how do you find out that that's the cheapest place in the world to get
0: the drugs from okay because the Taliban were active the steroids were made in Pakistan they were made there so I went to the manufacturer himself yeah spoke with the company director tried to buy off him direct he wouldn't have it uh, I tried to uh, bribe him he said no <laughs> he wasn't having any of it which I was shocked by yeah because it's Pakistan at the end of the day the <laughs> Taliban were there al-qaeda we were Sikh people and nobody wanted to do business with Pakistan at the time because it's a dangerous place to go to if you've got cash you know you can get kidnapped held hostage blah 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 but I just overlooked all that I just thought okay if it happens it happens if it doesn't and now I'm gonna make a lot of money
2: and how long were you doing this for like how many years were you doing this
0: for about a couple of years right until i got arrested interpol were on me tracking all my flights tracking because i took different uh mules with me to carry the cases different airports different this different that but um i spoke to people that interpol tracked me down they tracked my flights uh knew what i was doing but i had chief Narcotics officer at Karachi Airport bought off because he knew what I was uh, doing, the operation I was doing first time around. I bought the airport security off with uh, men only magazines, yeah, because you can't get that over there. Pakistan back in the 90s was on lockdown, proper lockdown. You, you, for them to see a white woman making like uh, is a massive thing in a magazine. So the first time around, that's how I bought it. Second time round, it didn't work, I had to pay them. Third time around, chief officer came to me and said, listen, all you got to do is give me a hundred pound of suitcase here yeah, and you bypass all this, all the x-rays, everything. I went, yeah, I went, right, okay. Three or four cases I, I used to have. Uh, the pills used to cost me nine pound. Uh, they used to sell street value for a thousand pound, pound a tablet. And it only cost me nine. Uh, So the money involved in this was like daft. I had him paid off. I just used to walk into the airport. He knew when I was flying in, he used to like say, hello. I know when you're leaving. And he just used to walk through me, security, yeah. All security, as if I'm like uh, David Beckham. <laughs> Can I ask you
3: just, how, how did that first interaction occur? Like, how does the conversation go when you're trying to bribe with pornography? Because that's one of the strangest things <laughs> I've ever heard of before.
0: you got to go first, the first set, yeah, of uh, say right, open up your case. We opened up my cases. There was three of us and, there were, and they were full of steroids at a time. It was Valium that I got involved in afterwards. And yeah. they went, right, this is far too much, blah, blah, blah. But then they noticed porn mags in the case, right? Okay. And one of them picked him up. I went, Do you want it? He goes, yeah. I went, right, we got more. Okay, because it's Pakistan, yeah? <laughs> there ain't no action in Pakistan. So we, <laughs> so we bought porn mags in England took them over, and they were happy just to take the magazines to get through, really.
2: You must have made a lot of money during that time.
0: Uh, my thing on money, yeah, what I spent on, right, okay, it goes like this, yeah. I spent it on fast cars, women, drugs, and the rest I squandered.
3: So you haven't got a secret stash somewhere buried in the mountains that you can go back to?
0: There's zero, yeah. If you come running for my money, they, they, they know that
3: so you you mentioned obviously interpol obviously caught up with you eventually and good luck see you bye how long did you wind up in in prison for
0: right Um, nine years was the sentence i was given i got caught with the biggest seizure in spanish history of pharmaceutical drugs valium i had a quarter of a million tablets quarter of a million tablets and in spain it's class like this it's not like england in england valium class c in spain class a because uh, spain only has two classes class a class b so how they put my thing down was this yeah they went you have 10 milligrams of a class a drug and a quarter of a million tablets of it so they're like weighed it all up and they went you have 1.2 kilo or two kilo of a class a drug so nine years is your sentence that's standard nine years uh, what I did, I had to learn Spanish there in jail. I learned Spanish. I got talking to the top heads there because I was top security all the way from the first day. I got talking to them. They said, you need a bent lawyer. You need a bent lawyer who knows the judges, blah, blah, blah. If you give him a bribe or what you have, I went, okay, I'm much does he want? Okay, he gave me a number. The number was about eight grand. Uh, so I paid that and I got half a sentence.
2: And what was life like in jail?
0: Terrible in Spain. I got stabbed there twice. I stabbed somebody. Uh, A third of the inmates have AIDS. I've had uh, fights with them. And their blood got shared with my blood in the fights. I thought I I had AIDS when I left jail. Yeah, because um, the blood interaction, you know? Because there they get, the how the Spanish system works is totally different in England. It works like this, yeah? If you do, like, it, like in England, if you do five burglaries, yeah? They'll give you one year, one year, one and a half year, two year, one year. But to run concurrent, okay? Rest on tag, jail, no. In Spain, no. In Spain, it works like this. If you do 10 burglaries, they say, right, two year, three year, two year, three year. They add it all up. So, you go into jail for burglaries and you can get a 20 year. And once you're in there, it's bad. There's no health care, no welfare. They share needles. Heroin is uh, because they just need to escape because everybody has knives there. It's just protecting your own back. And when you're not protecting your back, You need your head to get out of there.
3: Was there a moment then in in prison where you're like, this this, this isn't worth it and it's time to kind of turn things around?
0: Not in Spain, no. In Spain, I just wanted to stay alive, right? Okay. I wanted to stay alive, which I did, right? I had to stab people, fight people. I thought I had AIDS, yeah? I thought I was going to, you know, I thought I'm dead anyway, yeah? Okay. But I came out, took an AIDS test, came back, negative. I thought, nah, can't be. So I took a second one. So I took two in a row, right? And they both came back, right? Uh, because I'd hit people, they're fighting me, their blood is on my blood, the scars on them, shared blood, but no, I didn't get it. Just
3: When did you decide to leave that life behind?
0: Decide, right, okay. After that sentence, I felt like uh, King Kong okay king kong and then i got involved in a firm in newcastle england they had said we were running a um, prostitution ring here controlling areas with drugs and this and that i just felt it been... the dawning to me came on my second sentence the second one i was only out about a year i was only out about a year and then i got a uh, seven stretch for blackmail Uh, Controlling prostitution, conspiracy to supply, that's
2: And how long were you put away for then?
0: Uh, My parole, they were saying it's pending, pending, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it was like the sentencing on that second sentence. As soon as I got that sentence, I knew that's it. You know, it's me done. Then I thought, okay, I know what I have to do now uh, for my family, for my mum. I lost my kids, lost all my money through the process. Of jail, getting nicked, doing this, doing that. Um, It's good at a time, but in the long run, not. I got out in 2002, went back in 2003, got out 2007. And since then, I've been all good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: And how's life now?
0: Life is good. Life's okay, yeah. Some of my family is still with me. A lot I've lost through the process of this. I have my business now.
3: Chet, we, we appreciate you giving up your time um, today and before before we let you go, last question, if you could go back to uh, your y- yourself whether it was your 18 or I don't know how old you were at the time, before you were to go down this road, like what would you say to uh, a younger Chet?
0: Well not a younger Chet, yeah, I would say this is for the younger youth now okay, uh, my life was a bit different, uh, I was brought up into the north in the 80s racist abuse i had i was like sort of forced into this you know uh, because i had no education my dad took me out of school 15 he stuck me behind the till of a shop made me work seven days a week 12 hours a day was and then i wasn't allowed out until i was 20 okay mm-hmm. but life ain't like that now you know okay yeah. so what i would say to the youth now is <laughs> drugs The violence, crime, it's all rubbish. It's all bollocks. There's all a load of shit, yeah? Uh, There's only about 5% of people that actually make any money out of this. The other 90% are donkeys and are mules and are used, and you will get abused, you will get stabbed, and then you will go to jail, and then they will hound your families for the debt that you owe. Because a lot of these people think they're big time, think they're this, because there's... um, crime gangs that will take you in will give you the confidence of being a part of the family where really you're not you're not a part of the family they're just using you as a scapegoat when it's ready for them to use you and this is what's happening you know and once they go to jail a young age young offenders it's hard working them jails man and then you go to the big jail and then you're dealing with the big guys and then you you can't cope with this and a lot of them i've seen this yeah. they accept pills of people pills okay they, they accept pills And then they can't pay for the pills but it's only the ones that have the big sentences that know this because they know the young kids that are coming through vulnerable don't have a clue and they're picked on and your life is a waste and once you're out of jail you can't even get a job you can't even get a job because nobody's going to employ you with that history so you're on the back foot already you're probably in debt anyway as soon as you leave jail And now you you can't get a job. So what are you going to do? Right. Go back to what you were doing. And then you're going to get nicked again. And then you're going to get double figures, double figures. And then that's life. You know, Uh, there's, but this is real, you know, globalization. Okay. It might last for about a year where you're giving it the, the, the big one. Mm. Where it's all going cool, blah, blah, blah But then there's police informants There's this, there's that There's police intelligence There's everything, you know you make mistakes because you high yourself it comes down heavy on
3: you Alright well Chet it's an absolute pleasure sharing your story fair play man on, on turning things around and doing what you're doing now and we appreciate you speaking to FM 104 tonight thank you, thank you. Alright on the way next here on uh, Room 104 you're going to be hearing about the science of hugging what does it actually do to your brain and if you've been missing hugging people during the last year or so because of the lockdown and social restrictions and all that annoying stuff um, what might that be doing? inside your head that's on the way next here on room 104
0: you're listening to the room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long FM 104
3: it's Room Fourth Cormac and Saoirse here now. You know, what are some of the things that make you happy? And when it comes to physical contact, one of the things you have not been allowed to do over the last 12 months is hug people, hug old people, hug, hug, hug your friends because of this whole pandemic situation we're in. And and maybe you're the type of person that really misses that. Personally, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I kind of don't mind. But I know, uh, like, Saoirse, you you're a big hugger in comparison to me now.
2: Yeah, I absolutely love hugging people. Like strangers, I could meet you for a few seconds and I'll go to hug you when you're leaving. And I find a lot of people do tend to step back, even obviously pre-pandemic. Not a lot of people are, what's the word, tactile, where they're kind of touchy-feely. I'm just that type of person. That's how I communicate with people. I I think it makes you a warmer person as well, Cormac. Just saying.
3: Well, physically, maybe because you're sharing body heat. But I mean, emotionally warmer. Who knows? Maybe it does maybe it does but um, why is it that the lack of social connection and physical social contact between you and someone else and someone you love why is it that you crave that and are maybe missing that especially in isolation and lockdown well somebody who studies the science of happiness they lecture in the University of Central Lanc- Lancaster as a, as a psychological uh, therapist and also works on psychological interventions around this whole area is joining us now at Larry Douth- Douthright how are you?
1: Thank you Cormac I'm fine thank you
2: Tell us about hugging like why is it important why do people do it and what have we missed in the last kind of year and a bit
1: okay so we, we're humans but we're also mammals and all mammals need that touch and connection with other mammals. Um, when we look at um, you know babies um, and baby animals um, they they need lots of, of looking after from their caregivers, from their parents um, and so as humans we're born quite helpless um, and we need that attachment, that care to keep us safe, to have food and warmth um, from our mothers and Initially. and that actually um, is that very strong attachment that kind of stays with us into adulthood um, and actually is really really powerful and, and we need it so although we think we kind of grow up we do grow up but we still need those things because it's really good it makes us feel safe it makes us feel cared for um, and it really taps into that primary attachment.
3: What, what is the psychological reaction or the brain reaction when somebody is hugging you?
1: So we release lots of really uh, feel good sort of hormones and chemicals Chemicals when we hug somebody and one of the most important ones is something called oxytocin, which incidentally is a neurohormone that's been uh, nicknamed the cuddle hormone or the love hormone because it's released when we are intimate with other people. So that's whether it's with your parents um, or with friends or with other family members or your partner. It's generally released more so when you are close to somebody who you care for, who you love, but can be released when you hug strangers as well. So um, it is actually, it's a bonding hormone. I So this is what's really important is that this is what's released when um, we have when mothers have a baby and the baby um, has skin to skin contact with mum and with dad. um, The oxytocin is released and that's meant to bond the parents to the child and bond the child to the parents. The same thing happens um, in other relationships as well. And it's what gives us that warm, fuzzy feeling when we get close to somebody. Um, But it also has lots of other benefits as well um, that actually can help. Our well being.
2: So it was fine. Girls are a lot more. Into hugging and affection, than guys might be. You know, I'd often get brothers of mine that I go to hug them, and they're like, "Get off me!" <laughs> you know. Whereas my sisters, it's just like a, a natural thing. Is, is it more prevalent in women, or do we release a hormone that men don't?
1: I think I think we definitely see the behaviour more in women. And actually, if we think about our ancestors, um, women generally um, were the kind of main primary caregivers in terms of looking after nurturing children. Um, and keeping the families together and things. So definitely uh, that's kind of maybe a bit more conditioned into women. And it's also, I suppose, more socially acceptable. There's still a little bit of um, stigma around men showing emotions and affection. So um, maybe that's something to do with that aspect a bit. And, and I think it's quite, you know, you, you see differences across different cultures and stuff as well.
3: With the last year we've had, everyone's been in some form of lockdown around the world and you've been disconnected from people. And I know, you know, right right now we're talking via Zoom and that's one way of staying connected. But obviously, you know, we can't hug each other via Zoom. It would get really weird looking and and a little bit awkward. What could the lack of that kind of social contact and and that kind of physical contact? I mean, is is there risks to be had with that?
1: Absolutely. So we know one of the biggest risks in terms of depression and severe, other severe mental health conditions is loneliness and isolation. The more isolated someone is, the, the less contact they have with Other people, um, the more likely the higher the risk of them experiencing, you know, depression and anxiety and other issues. So definitely with the lockdown, we have seen a massive increase in these mental health problems. So it's a concern. And if you think about it, if you're not seeing other people, you're not having conversations, so you're not practicing those social skills, you're definitely not getting hugs. So yeah, you're you're missing out on lots of kind of really good quality kind of connection with, with people people. So yes, there, there are big risks there. And it's an area that I think um, needs a lot more attention.
2: And just in terms of the lockdown, like I'm kind of thinking, even though we're easing out of the restrictions and people are vaccinated now, and do you think it's going to always be fear around hugging again? Like it's not going to go back to the way it
1: was beforehand? Oh, I really hope not. Uh, I think that, yeah, it has kind of um, worried me that a bit because I'm a bit like you um, in terms of I love hugging people. I'm very tactile as well. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think we I think we might might see a bit of a difference. But I think also what might happen is that if, as we kind of ease back into it and um, we'll just remember how good it is. So I've, I've actually sort of seen some of my um, family members that I haven't seen for a while and we've had hugs and things. And it's it's been a massive celebration, actually just you know really squeezing each other and having that hug and um i think we'll kind of you know get the, that oxytocin going um and it feels so good you know we'll we'll probably kind of maybe you know be wanting a bit more of it so i think it will kind of um sort of snowball maybe a little bit in that way but i suppose obviously we have to be aware of you know the government restrictions and stuff as well but it it is just so good for us so in terms of our our well-being and things it actually it makes you feel more connected to people Um, it kind of reduces stress as well, which is really important. So when people are experiencing stress, having that support from someone else um, not only, you know, makes you feel cared for, but actually reduces your stress hormones as well. So that's quite a big um, factor.
3: Uh, I know some of the areas is obviously not just you spending your entire career studying, hugging, which would be fun. And you've looked into other aspects of uh, positive psychology and and the science of happiness. I mean, is there is such a thing of the science of happiness? and, And generally speaking, you know what's the formula to to be happy
1: yeah there's there's quite a lot of research around science of happiness now and positive psychology um, and and lots of different formulas that are coming up one of the ones that i'm quite interested in is one by um researcher martin seligman uh, which is the perma profile so i'm trying to remember what perma stands for now but it stands for um positive emotions engagement relationships meaning and accomplishment so if we have those um, in our lives, uh, aspects of those anyway, and try to enhance those um, in our lives, then we're we're going to have better well-being. So that that's the theory, really. So for example, with positive emotions, it's about trying to increase that. So a lot of the time in the work that we do around mental health, we're trying to reduce people's depression, reduce people's anxiety, reduce people's stress. But um, you know, another way to look at that is actually to increase people's joy, increase people's optimism, increase people people's contentment and excitement and all the positives and that actually kind of balances it out. So we are much more susceptible as, as humans to um. It, uh, experience negative emotions and we're much more um, sort of sensitive to them um, and we tend to kind of discount the positive a bit more so trying to increase the positives um can sort of balance out the negatives sometimes.
2: And have a one day working week where you can work from home.
3: Uh, the dream we'll get there one day the robots can do everything and we can just you know have a uh... Uh, champagne brunches 24 7 be absolutely beautiful and before we let you go i said we appreciate you giving up your time this evening and having a chat with us Uh, is there anywhere someone can find out more about the work you're doing the research you're doing best place online to look you up
1: just to go on to the uclan website so it's uclan.ac.uk
3: job done uh but listen larry thanks a million for popping on fm 104 we'll we'll chat you again soon and thanks for coming on
1: thank you bye